I tell my patients all the time, for all things, there's a time and a place, right? We're very fortunate that we have medications to use because they do have their time, they do have their place. And sometimes that's what we need, whether it's for just a short time to get through something and then come off, or, you know, maybe it's just that you need it long term and that's okay. But oftentimes we don't need them and we can work around that. It's a running joke. You ask 10 naturopathic doctors how to treat a certain condition, and they're going to give you 10 different answers. And there's a lot of beauty in that because no two patients are alike. We might both have high blood pressure. Maybe yours is stress-driven, and maybe mine is because I eat the wrong food, you know? And so our training when we go through naturopathic medical school includes not just the biochemistry and, and, you know, vitamins and that kind of thing, but it includes herbal medicine and acupuncture and physical manipulation and homeopathy and hydrotherapy. There's so many tools in the toolbox. This is Get Personal with Dr. Chris. Real life stories and informative conversations, helping you take control of your health and feel like yourself again. Today on the show, I'm talking with fellow naturopathic doctor and my friend, Dr. Courtney Cronin. We work together at Desert Wellness Center at our practice in Tempe, Arizona. Today, we are playing Mythbusters answering some of the most common questions and correcting some of the most common misconceptions about naturopathic doctors and naturopathic medicine. So today I'm here with Dr. Courtney Cronin. Hi, everybody. Who is one of my favorites. We're in the same office and we are in the same practice and we eat in the same lunchroom. But <laughs> it's great to have her here today. One of the main reasons we're doing this particular episode is so that we can kind of demystify what we do. It's kind of like the myth busters of naturopathic medicine. And I'm going to have first Dr. Cronin tell you a little bit about why she's here, why she decided to be a naturopath. And then um, we're just going to launch into a little bit about who we are, why we're different, why people come to us, why people don't come to us, what's our training like, and on and on and on. So Dr. Cronin, tell us about yourself. All right. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. I love this Mythbusters idea, yes. except without the explosions. <laughs> right. So I got into naturopathic medicine really for a very specific reason. My mom had fibromyalgia way back before it was a thing. It was barely a diagnosis. And she suffered for a long time and to the point where her doctor was like, oh, honey, you work too much. Have an antidepressant. Go home and spend time with your babies, which just made me want to punch him right in the throat. And it took her a long time searching. She finally got some answers and she did finally got, get well. But in watching as a kid this whole process, all I could think the entire time was she deserves so much better. And she deserves somebody that's going to sit down with her and say, hey, maybe you should eat this, drink that. Maybe you could try X, Y, or Z. Oh, you researched and this lab sounds like it might be useful. Yeah, let's run it. Yes. And she got none of that. She was completely stonewalled. And so when it came time and I knew I wanted to go to medical school, I was very fortunate as I was looking around to find naturopathic medical school. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because exactly what we're talking about today, when I told everybody that that's the route I wanted to take, they were all 
appalled. Oh, yeah. really the only word for mm-hmm. it. It was, you're not going to be a real doctor. You're never going to make a living. Why would you throw your life away like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there were a lot of jokes coming my way. Yes. And you just kind of have to stand in your power and be like, no, I know that this is right for me. It's scary. It's it's atypical. It's outside of the norm, but we're going to do it anyway. And they probably said, you're way too smart for that, honey. You should go to become an MD because that's where all the smart people go. Why would you want to be a fake doctor? Yes, fake doctor. <laughs> that's always what we get. Or a witch doctor. Yes, Why would you want to be doctor. a witch doctor? <laughs> and yeah, we get that. Yeah. So along those lines, obviously our medical school, a lot of people ask me that same thing. Like, where'd you go to medical school? And is that like a two-year program? Is that, I'm like, oh my gosh. No, it's not. I have the PTSD to prove it. Do you even have to go to undergrad for that? Right, right. Yes. Can you go straight out of high school? Yeah. Um, So we actually both went to the same school. It is a four-year degreed program. Mm -hmm. Did you do anything after you graduated, like a residency type thing or anything? I I did. Mm -hmm. I did do the family practice residency. And so... You know, in naturopathic medicine, we don't have hospitals and things to feed people into. And so there are only mm-hmm. a handful all those years ago when I graduated. And now there are a lot more. But but yeah, just like in regular medical school, you graduate and, and then you graduate again and then you're still not done. No. You have to work for pennies and suffer more PTSD and, and then you can launch. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we have the same board exams. Mm-hmm. Right? We two have sets. Two sets, oh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. After two years, we take a set of board exams. After four years, before we graduate, we take the boards as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that's determined by the state. It is. So tell us about that, Courtney. So the accreditation bodies mm-hmm. that decide yeah. whether schools can confer degrees and whatnot, they keep an eye on all of these things, make sure that the schools are teaching the right stuff. And then our state licensure, we have a medical board, a specific naturopathic medical board that puts together the tests with all of the questions. And the questions range through all the usual topics. I mean, when you're early in school and you do your first set, it's anatomy and physiology and biochemistry and pharmacology and... Then the second set, your final set of board exams is making sure that you know how to make a diagnosis, that you know appropriate treatment plans, that you know when to recognize a medical emergency, you know, all of these things. And these exams are not, you know, it's not an hour with a Scantron. It's oh, no. two full days. Oh, yeah. How many hours were you? I know, I think mine were eight hours a day. It was all a blur. Oh, it was like all day. I think I, I, I think slept lunch. Yeah, for I a week know. afterwards. <laughs> At least. <laughs> At least, I think. At least, yes. But I think one of the important things that you mentioned is that we address all of those medical attributes when we're taking our classes. Obviously, Mm -hmm. anatomy, physiology, and those things that you listed. Biochem was one thing you mentioned Mm -hmm. that I think is worth discussing a minute. And that is one of those differentiations, I think, between our training and probably some more conventional medical school training. We have to know a lot of biochem. Absolutely. And it's different. And I think it's it think part of it's because we are constantly taking apart things, taking apart pharmaceuticals, trying mm-hmm. to figure out how a nutraceutical or which vitamins and minerals are going to be able to replace maybe those pharmaceuticals. Not because we don't use pharmaceuticals. We'll talk about right. that in a minute. Right, right. But because sometimes we don't need to be on as many yeah. as the, of oh, those things. Hundred percent. Well, and you know, biochemistry. I think so often we think of it in terms of 
the Krebs cycle, right? Mm-hmm. That maybe sometimes we learn in, in high school or undergrad, if you take a science class, how, how do cells make energy? <laughs> and when you get to, now I can't speak to what conventional biochemistry classes look like or what they focus on. I yeah. have to imagine it's maybe some of that, the pathways. Our focus is much more heavy in what nutrients does it take to run those enzymes to mm-hmm. feed that pathway? Exactly. If you are lacking in a certain neurotransmitter, like say serotonin, which <laughs> a lot of medications you know, are meant to, yep. to boost or to modify, mm-hmm. maybe what you really need are some of the B vitamins to feed that pathway. Right. Yeah. And both of ours passion, although you do some other specialty things, which we'll talk about in a minute, but both of our passion is the endocrine system, obviously, mm-hmm. and hormones and thyroid. But we have to learn biochemistry for that. You know, mm-hmm. again, like you mentioned, serotonin and its relationship to estrogen is, is a really big deal in our practice and the patients we deal with in menopause and how estrogen levels change the serotonin and how can we help that by not giving somebody an SSRI. Yes. But importantly, and I'm going to say this one more time, if they're on an SSRI and they really want to be on one, we're okay with that. Yeah, we can work with that. And we can yeah. prescribe that. Yeah, exactly. That we can if we need. I tell my patients all the time, for for all things, there's a time and a place. Yes. Right? We're very fortunate that we have medications to use because they do have their time. They do have their place. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's what we need, whether it's for just a short time to get through something mm-hmm. and then come off, or you know, maybe it's just that you need it long term and that's okay. Okay. Yeah. But oftentimes we don't need them and we can work around that. Yeah. And there is a difference between naturopathic physicians. There's a difference in how we practice too. Mm -hmm. It's a running joke. You ask 10 naturopathic doctors how to treat a certain condition and they're going to give you 10 different answers. And there's a lot of beauty in that because no two patients are alike. We might both have high blood pressure. Maybe yours is stress driven and maybe mine is because I eat the wrong food. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. so our training when we go through naturopathic medical school includes not just the biochemistry and, and, you know, vitamins and that kind of thing, but it includes herbal medicine and acupuncture and physical manipulation and homeopathy yep. and yep. hydrotherapy. There's so many tools in the toolbox. Yep. And when you go through school, you sort of end up gravitating towards one or the other. And you end up with this class of graduates with such a diverse skill set. Big deal. I think that's hitting the nail on the head in terms of naturopathic medicine as it is. We think out of the box and we might have our own specialties because we gravitated towards one of those therapeutic interventions, but it doesn't mean we're not going to use one of those other interventions or refer to one of our colleagues that does that, but we will consider it. Like you said in the very beginning, your mom was like, oh, how about the labs? You know, I did my research and can we run this lab? And how many times do your patients ask you that question? All the time. And the answer always is yes. Yeah. What, how can information be a bad thing? Right. Right. Worst case scenario, you know, there's a little bit of expense involved, but if it comes back positive, woohoo, we've got ourselves a solution. Yep. If it comes back negative, okay, we've just taken something off the table. That's, that's a tree we don't need to bark up. Exactly. Yeah. So that, I think that's one of the things that makes us a little bit 
well, uh, quite unique from our colleagues that are more in a traditional space. Absolutely. And especially with lab work, you know, I was just talking to a patient about this the other day. The way that labs very often get their normal ranges is they just sample some people off the street. They draw their blood and say, where are these numbers? And say, okay, this must be our normal range. Mm -hmm. And there's very little controlling for other, are those people healthy? Mm -hmm. Are they optimal or are they just kind of hanging in there? And are there maybe some epidemiological, like worldwide changes we should account for, like worldwide testosterone levels are dropping, that kind of thing. And part of our education is not just being able to recognize when is a lab value normal, but also to say, when is a lab value optimal? Yes. And so often my patients come in for their very first visit and I always tell them, just bring me your old labs. If we, (laughs) if there's nothing we can use, they're great. We'll have them in the record so we can look for trending. Mm -hmm. But so often they come in and 90% of the information I need is right there. And it was all along. Their other doc just wasn't trained to see it. Right. And so, you know, that's incredibly helpful. Yeah. I would say that's one of the biggest things. And I preach and talk about that all the time. I mean, we want to be optimal. Oh, we want yeah. an A. Oh, we want yeah. an A plus. Well, that thyroid, we that TSH range in particular, <laughs> right. 0.5 to 4.5. So low thyroid runs in my family. I'm hypothyroid myself. This is something I feel very passionately yes. about. But I'll tell you what, man, when patients get to be about 2.5 or higher, they can't hardly even remember their own name. Right. They are so symptomatic. Mm-hmm. How people are out there walking around at four and people tell them they're just fine is just... It's a crime. Yep. <laughs> Everything's okay. Yes. Everything is okay. So I think that I've seen some changes over the last several years. Most of the people that listen to the podcast or follow me know that, you know, I haven't actually been a naturopathic physician for very many years, but have been in the health education, health promotion and fitness industry my entire life, I feel like forever. <laughs> so, and I've seen how the landscape has changed. And you've actually been in that role as a naturopathic physician for what, 16, 15, lots of years. About that, yep. Tell me how you've seen it change and what you think it's going to be like. Oh, I can't wait to see what it's going to be like. (laughs) It it really has changed so much. Mm -hmm. So um, when I first graduated... Um, most of my patients were extremely hesitant coming in. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to get. Should I even be here? Most of the people I saw, it was sort of a last ditch effort. They yep. had already seen so many other docs and finally they were like, well, fine, I guess I'll go try this witch doctor and right? see what she can offer. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if I were to share a patient with another provider and I would want to call them to powwow on a case or to brainstorm or to say, hey, I see this, I'd like to add this, but it might conflict with what you're doing. Like, let's chat this out. Mm -hmm. At first, they were a little bit, uh, they would not talk to me, really. Um, But then over time, as we continued sharing patients and they kept seeing their patients get better, then they would suddenly take calls and the collaboration started to happen. It was a really beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's happening more and more. I think as younger generations of docs graduate They're a little more open to our ideas. Um, The argument used to be, well, there's no research to support what naturopathic doctors do. And, you know, back then it was not true, but there's so much more research coming out now. Mountains and mountains of research. And and I think it's starting to get a little bit more playtime, a little more traction. Mm -hmm. So my hope is, gosh, if I were to dream, I would love to see a system where it was a free flow of information and respect and how can I do what I do best while you do what you do best. Mm -hmm. And let's make sure that those therapies play nicely together. 
Because we need each other. Yes. You don't well, want a naturopath taking care of you if you're in a car accident. Well, exactly. Definitely I'm not. Not going in the ER. <laughs> that's not happening. It's not my place. You have a brain aneurysm. Yeah. Do not go see your no, naturopathic doctor. No, that's not what it is. <laughs> Never. <laughs> but I love that what you said about the colleagues. I think that's a really big, big deal. The respect that we get from colleagues and other providers. I, I do think that's changing. Mm-hmm. And I do think the landscape of just who's coming to our office. We have a very busy office. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think that even something like COVID or, or fibromyalgia mm-hmm. or some of those things that over time we've just been like, everybody throws our hands up. Now yes. that's bringing people in. Like, right. we better just take care of ourselves. We're the first effort, not we the are. last. Exactly. Which yeah. is nice for oh, a change. It's wonderful. It's yes. so much easier to catch people when they're not so, so, Absolutely. so sick. Right? We can yes. move the needle much sooner. Yes, I love that. We want to be the first option, not the last option. Not that we don't mind being the last option, but it's easier to get you on the forefront to be healthy again. I love what COVID did for vitamin D though. I mean, oh, for, yes. right? Yes. All those years we're like, yes, you need high <laughs> vitamin D levels. No, those ranges are too low. Yes, you need more. And then all of a sudden everybody's like, oh yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. You should have good vitamin D levels. <laughs> My goodness. But that brings me to the other point too. I will say that there still is skepticism. And, um, like if you Google it, don't, don't, don't Google it. Oh no, it'll make me angry. It It will make make you so very angry. (laughs) If you Google naturopathy or even naturopathic medicine, Mm -hmm. and this is, and this is Wikipedia. Oh, go Wikipedia. Yeah. So it says a wide array of pseudoscientific practices. Pseudoscientific, my foot. Yes. And. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? No. No. I promise I won't. No, I I think you maybe could. Um, And then it says, it calls some of it just outright quackery of treatments Mm -hmm. not based on evidence. And naturopaths are commonly recommend against following modern medical practices. Uh, Right? Those doctors. Yeah. No, it's... Boy, that, you are right. That does make me steamy. I know. Are yeah. you just a little bit, just like, a little bit squirming in your chair? So you've got to get some background. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a lot of politics involved. And unfortunately, the name naturopathy hasn't really been well protected in mm-hmm. a lot of circles. And so while... Dr. Wallace and I went to, we went to our medical school, we did our four years, we do our continuing education Mm -hmm. every year, we sweat and bled and cried our way through (laughs) board exams and student loan debt. Right, right. (laughs) There are still places where you can just decide that's what you want to call yourself. Right. Or you can take a weekend online course in some of the herbal options out there and call it a day. And that's where licensure becomes really important. Mm -hmm. We're so thankful to be in Arizona where we have full scope, meaning we can practice to the extent of our education. We can order the labs that we know to order. We can order imaging, x-rays, MRIs, mammograms. If we need to, we can prescribe medications if it's appropriate. But other states are not the same. Right. So, in fact, in some states, if you were to call yourself a naturopathic doctor, they would throw you in jail. Right. And so really what we need and and what the profession truly is pushing for is licensure and regulation in all states so that people know if they decide they want to see a naturopathic doctor that they're getting 
a true naturopathic doctor. Yes, exactly. A licensed, a board certified licensed naturopathic doctor that went through everything that we just mentioned. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's frustrating because I'm sure you get this all the time. We have family and friends, people we know, or friends and family of our friends and family Mm -hmm. who live in other states. And they'll say, oh, so-and-so is having a really tough time. Please, can you help them? Mm -hmm. Well, I could if -hmm. they were in Arizona. Right. But yep. my license is only for Arizona. And that is really, really tough in those situations it for is. us. Yeah, we have big hearts. So hopefully, but I don't know exactly how many states we have right now. I think it's somewhere around 28. About that. I yeah. remember last time I looked thinking that we were over the halfway mark. Yeah, me too. Yes. I remember thinking, yes, we're getting there. Thank goodness. Yes. Yes. So that's how many states actually have mm-hmm. a, a naturopathic medical board. Mm-hmm. They, they do a licensure and then they talk about the scope. So the scopes are not the same, the scope of practice, but there is a licensure in those states. And that is the difference. So in those states where you have licensure, you can rest assured that the docs that you're going to see have been well-educated and they can make safe and intelligent decisions for you. Depending on what their licensure says, they may or may not be able to prescribe or order labs, which is hard for them. Right. It really, it it sort of hog ties you, right? Yes, it does. Totally. (laughs) So, well, I hope this has provided everybody with a better understanding of, you know, what our licensure is like, how, what a naturopathic medical doctor does, what our training is like, mm-hmm. and really how it is very, I don't I hate to use the word legit, but, <laughs> you know, it is. And it is and backed by science. It is backed by science. And if you don't see it backed by science, you see it by the amount of people that are healed and and feel better every day in our mm-hmm. practices. And yes, that's, that's why we do. I say that all the time. Yeah. I, see, I, I prescribe us something, right? And yeah. you say, I don't know. Are you, are you sure this is a thing? This yeah. is legit. And I'll say, okay, uh, here's the study. I'll send you that. But also, do you feel better? Right. Because the proof is in the pudding. Exactly. It really is. The proof yeah. is definitely in the pudding. And, and one thing too that I think I'd like to just tack on, I know we're wrapping up here, is that In the conventional world, oftentimes they seem to be about 20 or 30 years behind the research. And I think it just takes that long for the research to make it into the schools (laughs) so that the new generation of docs can find it and Mm -hmm. then go out into practice. And so oftentimes the things that we're recommending are very well supported by research. It just has not been picked up yet by sort of the system. Yeah. Um, You know, there are things that we've been advocating for for a long time. You mentioned vitamin D with COVID. Oh, yeah. That was poo-pooed for... And and now it's mainstream. It is. So it, it'll get there. It just takes us time. And if you are looking for research, other countries are great sources. We get exactly. so much wonderful work coming out of Europe and Australia and yeah, all over. Yeah, a lot. Even some of our equipment, our Viveve machine came from out of the country. I mean, a, a lot of what we have and what we're doing now came from research outside of our countries too. Mm-hmm. So, and finally, if you do research and you're a patient and you bring it into us and mm-hmm. you have those questions, again, that's what we do. We will look at the research and we will. Yeah look at it, research it ourselves. And then we will be happy if it is safe and within the scope of your treatment yes. to, to help you try that. That is, that is another way that we work with it. So. Somebody gave me one of those coffee mugs where it says, don't confuse your Google search with my medical degree. <laughs> and when I opened the gift, I laughed because, you know, it's funny. But on the other hand, I was like, well, but listen, and I didn't say this to the person who gave yeah. it to me, but you have all the time in the world to research your symptoms and your condition. Mm-hmm. 
and, not, it, and it's now meaningful I'm a licensed to you. doc, and I've been doing mm-hmm. this a long, long mm-hmm. time, but that doesn't mean that there isn't more to learn. I learn new things every year. Mm-hmm. And so if you find something, yeah, let's look into Bring it. Let's it. pursue it. Or if you find something and I know for sure it's bunk and it's not going to work, I'll tell you. Exactly. <laughs> but it should always be an open conversation. Mm-hmm. Any doc who can't support what they're doing or not doing is not worth their salt. And not getting to know who you are. So again, that is why it's get personal. And that's, I think, mm-hmm. what all of what we do is getting personal and getting to know our patients. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for being here, Dr. Cronin. Thank you for having me. Super fun. Yeah, super fun. Just a little bit steamy in there in the, in <laughs> yeah. the midsection. <laughs> yeah, but we're all calmed down now. I love it. All right. Thank you. This is Get Personal with Dr. Chris.